thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Shift Worker with your host, Audra Starkey. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. My name is Audra Starkey and I'm here to help you to manage some of the toughest challenges we face whilst working 24-7. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about shift work and exercise or I might actually reword that to read how to exercise when we really don't want to because as shift workers, we often feel so tired and exhausted that exercise is given the flick in favour of slumping on the couch. Um, but to talk more about this topic, uh, shift work and exercise, I have chiropractor and father of two, Dr. Brett Hill, joining us from Adelaide in South Australia this morning. Hello, Brett- Audra. How are you? Hi. How are you going? Good. Thank you. Good. You're straight from the gym, I hear. <laughs> I, am, I am actually straight from the gym, so it's good timing. Um, I'm, uh, I feel like I'm, you know, living my talk today, so that's good. Excellent. Perfect. So, you're the perfect person to talk to. <laughs> As I, I think I might have mentioned to you in the email um, before, um, Brett, it, it's, I'm really quite keen to talk to you because so far I think I'm up to about podcast number 28. I ha- actually haven't had anybody uh, on the podcast to talk about exercise. So I'm kind of really interested to, to kind of uh, pick your brain in the next half an hour or so. Sounds great. <laughs> but, you know, just um, to kick us off, um, Brett, I'd love to hear your story. Like how did you get started in the the field of health and wellness and and what made you to eventually become a chiropractor? Yeah, so I I guess chiropractic is kind of where it all started for me. Um, You know, I'd I'd always wanted to do something in health. Um, I think my mum has at home a colouring in drawing I did when I was in about year three um, where I said (laughs) I was going to be a physiotherapist. So I'd always kind of wanted to head in that direction. I always liked the idea of being able to help people. Um, and I love nature. I love the outdoors. I still do. You know, as a kid, I did cubs and scouts and ventures and camping and fishing and all that kind of stuff. And so when I started thinking about what I wanted to do as a career, um, I was drawn towards more natural modalities of health. And, and I, I started looking through all the different options and came across chiropractic and to be honest, it just seemed to make sense for me that if I got my spine functioning right, then my nervous system would function right, my body would be healthier. And I thought, well, that makes sense. So um, I had no idea what a chiropractor was, though. So I, I went to see a chiropractor. Um, I got some good results. Uh, even though I never thought of myself as being particularly unwell, I, I was kind of a bit of a sickly child. Um, I was always getting coughs and colds. I was asthmatic. Um, I had lots of trouble getting to sleep. Um, and I got some great results with the chiropractor. So, um, so that was the direction I started to head in terms of a career. And you know, the more I learned about chiropractic, the more I attended chiropractic seminars and observed chiropractors, the more I realized there was, you know, there was more to health than just the chiropractic component that, you know, what people mm-hmm. were eating and thinking and exercising and, and all those other facets were really important in terms of helping people get healthy. And, and I realized that there was a, just a huge wealth of information there amongst these natural therapies practitioners that wasn't necessarily getting out to the public in a big way. So, I started to become passionate, I guess, first of all, about you know, learning all this information for myself and how I could incorporate that into my life. And, you know, I changed my diet. I started exercising more. I started looking at my mindset and, and all of those factors. Um, and then I became really passionate about sharing it. So I started sharing that through um, a range of mediums. You know, first of all, I started writing columns for a newspaper. I moved on to doing some radio spots. Um, I wrote a book. Um, I started a podcast show, which then became a podcast network. Um, and, and since then, I've you know written a few more books and some e-courses and programs and retreats and all sorts of stuff as well, just just to try and get this message out to as many people as possible. So, um, 
that's that's I guess the short version of the story order. <laughs> yeah, wow, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's quite fascinating. Actually, you know, I, I did forget to sort of mention um, right at the beginning. You are actually one of the the co-hosts of um, you know two of Australia's top you know health um, podcasts in Australia. There's the Wellness Guys, um, yep. and the one that you do um, uh, that Paleo show, which I hear has actually just been nominated for some awards. It has. Is that right? It has the the Paleo magazine does some worldwide uh, podcasting awards for um, for Paleo well podcast and books and products and all sorts of different stuff. Okay. And so yep. we got nominated in the best podcast science category, which is amazing. Wow. So it's like I think there's only five podcasts worldwide nominated for that award. We're one of them uh, amongst people like Rob Wolf and Chris Cresser and some pretty big names in the Paleo world. So we're pretty excited about that. So you know, get behind the Aussies. You know, go in there and give a vote. <laughs> for us on the Paleo Magazine website and, you know, check out, uh, while you're there, check out Leah Williamson, uh, who's doing um, low-carb conversations because she's she's been nominated for the general category as well. So, there's a couple of Aussies in there, which is pretty exciting. And um, so, yeah, go, go check it out and give us a vote. Uh, the, the link's on my Facebook page. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's definitely a credit to you. I mean, what? how many episodes are you up to now for that one? I actually don't know. I, okay. I think it's probably – I think we've just gone past 200 actually. Wow. So, um, we, we're sort of just – it's about four years in on that one. Um, and, yeah, so we, we've been going for a little while now. I think we might be over 300 for the wellness guys now. I'm actually not quite sure, but we've been going for a while now. We're, yeah. we're the old veterans all yeah. of a sudden. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, well, um, yeah, so it's fascinating too to hear about your story um, as well with your journey to chiropractic. And, you know, for myself, I think when I was uh, talking to um, Damien Christoph, your, one of your partners in crime yeah, yeah. a little while ago, um, you know, how it really is such a – it's a holistic um, profession, which is which is great, and you even touched on yourself. It's you know, it's not even just about the spine; it's also about what we eat and how we move and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah which is um, fantastic. But as I mentioned right at the beginning, as shift workers, uh, unfortunately, it's really hard for us to get all pumped up and excited about doing exercise because we often feel so exhausted and our nervous systems are continually under that stress um, as a result of the sleep deprivation. So from your point of view, Brett, um, as, you know, from a chiropractic point of view, you know, why should we exercise? Oh, that's a great question. Um, And and the answer to that is going to be different for everyone. So, um, you know, the the first thing you need to figure out is, uh, I think, you know, there's probably two things you need to be really conscious of as a shift worker in terms of exercise. And the first one is you really need to figure out why you want to exercise because that's going to be the key to get you um, motivated to exercise in a sustainable manner because, you know, there's all sorts of things that you can get yourself G'd up for the the sort of the short term to to go and do exercise because you want to, you know, get in shape for summer or get fit for your wedding or, you know, all those reasons people have where they go on these sort of quick fix exercise programs and they invariably don't last. You know, you get to summer, you get to your wedding, you get to your goal weight, whatever it happens to be and you go, great, I've got there and then you end up back where you started or sometimes even further back. So, figuring out your why I think is a really important point. So, you know, I could bang on about all of the, uh, you know, the neurological reasons, all the physiological reasons why exercise is fantastic for your body and, you know, how it's going to change your metabolism and how it's going to decrease the stress response in your body, how it's going to help with that adrenal fatigue you spoke about earlier. Mm. 
Um, you know, I could talk about lean muscle mass and how that helps you keep off weight. You know, I, I could list off a million different reasons um, as to why exercise is beneficial for you. But, you know, at the end of the day, pretty much everyone listening to this podcast knows them. Like, we, we all know that exercise is good for us. Um, but the problem is that most of the time, those things aren't that exciting. You know, I often say, you know, if you speak to a young guy about how exercise might decrease his risk of getting cancer later on in life, they're like, so what? You know what I mean? Like they're kind of, yeah, you're bulletproof when you're young. You're not worried about getting a chronic disease later on in life. So what you have to do is figure out what motivates you to exercise. Why is exercise important for you, right? So for me, you know, I'm a dad with two small kids. So one of my reasons I want to exercise is that I want to be fit and capable to go and play with my kids. And, you know, if my kids and I are going on a hike and one of them gets tired, I want to be able to just chuck them on my shoulders and keep going and keep enjoying and doing those fun family things we do together. You know, I want to be able to climb up the rope pyramid with my kids when we're playing in the playground and, you know, climb under and over sticks and rocks and whatever mm. the kids happen to be doing. You know, I want to engage and I want to play with them. Um, by the same token, I, my, my other goal for me in fitness is that I want to be able to have fun. You know, I love nature. I love the outdoors. I love going for a hike or a kayak or a swim or, you know, pretty much if there's something there, I want to climb it. You know, if I walk up and there's a bit of a mountain there, I'm like, great, I want to get to the top. You know, if, if there's a, you know, if there's a something to paddle across on the kayak, if I go on holidays and we were like in the Solomon Islands and there was an island, I was like, right, I'm going to paddle around the island. You know, like if it's there, I kind of just want to do it. And, mm. and so, you know, I want to be capable of doing the things that I love doing. You know, I want to be able to get the best out of my life and the most enjoyment out of my life. And for everyone listening, that their reason, their why they should be exercising is going to be different. You know, um, you know, some people want to be able to go on great holidays and go on beautiful hikes. You know, some people want to be able to dance with their partner. Some people want to be able to garden and and you know look after their roses. Um, you know, everyone's going to have a different reason why they want to exercise. But at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's not about losing weight. It's not about getting fit. It's not about being healthy. It's about what being fit and healthy enables you to do that you love. And if you can figure out what that answer is, then you're going to find that whole motivation factor to exercise is just going to be way, way, way easier. You're actually going to, rather than feel like you have to exercise, you're going to want to exercise because it's going to help you fulfill what you want to do in your life. Mm, wow, I love that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Actually, what you were saying reminds me of a book I think I read a little while ago, Brett, um, by Dr. Pamela Peake, I think it was called by, um, and, you know, are you physically, and she asked the question, are you physically fit to live, meaning, so mm. if, you know, for example, if you were involved in a car accident, are you physically you know, strong enough to be able to help break yourself out of it or, you know, are you able, if there was, you know, a, uh, a house was on fire or there was, you know, yeah. something going on and you had to run up, you know, 500 steps to escape, you know, are you physically fit enough you to know, do that? And it's even simpler than that, Audra. Mm. It's like if you, when you go do your shopping, mm. are you capable of safely putting your bags down on the ground while you open the front door and then lifting them back up again to walk inside the door. You know, do you actually know how to yeah. do a proper squat so that you can do that safely? Yeah. You know, and, and many, many people don't. Um, yeah. and, and so often for people, it is those simple things that they get injured doing. Uh, and often it's doing those things badly 
over time that leads to a lot of the problem. You know, people think that it's a car accident that causes their problems when, you know, well, the stuff that we see is a chiropractor. People often think that it's one big injury, that it's a car accident, that it's a sports injury, that it's a lifting injury that caused their problem. But more often than not, it's the repetitive things they do day after day, often poorly, mm. or, or often things that your body isn't designed to do, like sitting at a desk all day. Mm. But, it, but it's often those repetitive things that actually cause the bigger problems. So it's not just, you know, can you save someone from a burning building? It's, it's literally, as I said, can you lift up your shopping from the ground? You know, can you safely put your child into their car seat? You know, it, it's things like that, that, that day-to-day stuff mm. uh, that many people aren't capable of doing. Mm. Yeah, that we that we, de- we do every day. Um, but yeah, wow, fascinating. That's yeah, that's that's really powerful. So there, you know, from my knowledge on exercise, obviously there's you know there's three different types of exercise we we hear about. It's the cardio, the strength, and flexibility. Mm-hmm. Would you you know mind explaining what each of those are, Brett? And 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 from your point of view, do you, do you think you know we we need to be doing those three things every day? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think we necessarily need to be doing each of them every day. Um, I I think probably, you know, ideally we're doing each of them every week um, would be great. Yeah. but, but you know what, it depends on, once again, it depends on what your why is and it depends mm. on where you're starting from as well. You know, I would much rather people start doing something in a sustainable way, whether it's all three of those or whether it's just one of those three. Um, I'd much rather see people start doing that in a sustainable way, in a way that makes it easy for themselves to get into doing some movement and doing some exercise and setting themselves up to win um, rather than trying to do all three at once every single day and have a perfect exercise routine and you know trying to be everything perfectly and then finding that three weeks later that's a bit hard and they're falling off the wagon you know so I think you know in an ideal world we would do a little bit of each um like I said not necessarily each day but perhaps each week yeah um, because they're all important and so I think you know if you look at the research it suggests that you know doing some longer state um cardiovascular exercise seems to have some benefit um, you know, whether that be running, whether that be walking, hiking, kayaking, swimming, you know, whatever it is you like to do that, that, that is a bit sort of longer and slower. Um, there seems to be some research that suggests that if you try and do it longer and faster, for example, you know, marathon runners who are really trying to push themselves to the limits, then that can be quite taxing on your body. And mm-hmm. so I would say particularly for people who are doing shift work and, and are probably at risk of adrenal fatigue already, mm-hmm. um, want to be really careful of that type of exercise. Um, you know, th- th- then there's the sort of the resistance exercise and the weight training and, and, you know, you can do that in a number of different ways. You know, you can do that really uh, just slowly trying to work on, concentrate on lifting heavier weights um, or you can do that, um, I guess, in a more of an intense manner where you can try and do that um, repeatedly lifting uh, perhaps not quite so heavy weights but trying to introduce some of that cardiovascular element to it. Yeah. Uh, which can be really beneficial because uh, that allows you to get some of the endurance benefits of the more sort of cardiovascular vascular exercise uh, but at the same time getting some of the benefits of some more resistance exercise so you know you're building some lean muscle mass you're helping with your metabolism um, often helping to decrease that stress response in your body if you're doing it right uh, and not overdoing it so you know, I think for, for shift workers, it's really important to understand how the stress response works in your body and, and understanding that, 
movement is actually a really important part of de-stressing your body. You know, when you move your body, it helps send messages back to your brain, which help to release dopamine and serotonin, which actually help to switch off the stress response in your body. So uh, not moving is a great way to leave your body in a stressed state. Um, so movement is a great way to help de-stress your body and help actually get yourself out of that adrenal fatigue state if that's where you are. Um, but by the same token, moving too much can then put you back into the adrenal fatigue. It can put you back into that stress response as well. If you're pushing yourself beyond the limits, especially if you're doing shift work, if you haven't been getting enough rest and sleep and recovery in between, um, then you can really push yourself back into that stress response as well. So it is about listening to your body. It's about making sure you're doing something, but making sure that you're not going too far and pushing your body into that adrenal fatigue state again as well. So there's a nice uh, sort of medium there. Mm. Um, and then I think, you know, definitely adding some flexibility component to that as well uh, is really important. Now, once again, you don't have to do all three of those separately. You know, you could, for example, you know, I've just come back from uh, from a CrossFit workout, okay? And so I like doing CrossFit. That's quite high intensity. Once again, for people who are doing shift work, if they are particularly struggling with, uh, you know, or heading towards adrenal fatigue, you've got to be careful doing that sort of high intensity yeah. exercise. Yeah. But the, but the benefit of doing it uh, – for me, is that I can actually cover all three of those bases at once. Right? So today, we were doing uh, what's called a snatch, which is essentially lifting the weight from the ground up over your head into a sort of an overhead squat and then standing up. Now, snatches are great because I was doing them with a, you know, with a weight that was you know, only a moderate weight for me, um, but doing them repeatedly and, and relatively close together. So what that means is that, A, I'm getting that resistance component to my exercise because I'm lifting some reasonably heavy weights. Um, B, I'm getting the cardiovascular component into my exercise um, because I'm doing it repeatedly and getting my heart rate up and, and certainly sweating a lot. Um, and C, I'm getting the flexibility component because in order to hold a weight over your head and get down into a deep uh, squat, you actually need quite a lot of flexibility through your hips and through your the legs and lower spine and, and the rest. So um, you can actually, if you do it right, combine all three of those elements into one workout as well. Um, but, but once again, I, I think the key thing for people to figure out is what their goals are, you know, why they want to get fit and what they can reasonably add into their routine. You know, I, I don't think everyone needs to be going out and doing CrossFit. You know, that works for me. Um, but but everyone's going to have different lives. Everyone's going to have different situations. Everyone's going to have different goals. The key thing is to figure out something that works for you, um, something that you're going to enjoy something that's going to be easy for you um you know so often we make it so hard for ourselves with exercise you know we, we set the bar so high we make it so difficult for ourselves you know we say we're going to take on this challenge of, of you know whatever it is you know getting up at 6 a.m five mornings a week and doing mm. an hour of exercise you know and we set the bar so high that we absolutely set ourselves up for failure and then when we fail we beat ourselves up and we feel terrible about it and you know it makes it so much harder to try again the next time so what I'd much rather people do is figure out something that's going to be really easy for them. You know, pick a small goal, uh, pick a small increment. You know, don't do it as often as you think you should, but do it a little bit more than what you were before. You know, just look for, you know, I always talk about Kaizen. I love the Kaizen principle, mm. which is a Japanese principle. Yeah. And, and it means yeah. small steps of continual and never-ending improvement. Mm. You know, and I think if you can just get little bit by little bit improve in that way, rather than trying to do it all at once, you're much more likely to stick at it and to succeed um, and to keep moving forward. Because at the end of the day, 
it doesn't it's not about where you are in six weeks time it's about where you are in six years time or six decades time is actually what's really important when you look at the grand scheme of your life so rather than trying to change everything at once do it a little bit and change it slowly but change it in a sustainable way because that's what gets you where you want to be in 60 years Mm, beautifully said (laughs) beautifully said yeah and uh, you know like we're, we're subjected to all these you know Fitbits and apps and all these sorts of things that are sort of thrown at us to you know, kind of motivate us to exercise. But you know, as you say, you know, a lot of it's just sort of you know, we get excited initially, but it's not sustainable. Yeah. And you know, for us particularly, you know, for the people that have got rotating shifts or they're on night shifts and hmm. stuff, it's just yeah, it's not sustainable. And I think what you said, yeah. um, Brett, was really well that you it's just finding something that you can sort of fit into your you know, your lifestyle um, that yeah. works well. But I was also just going to ask too because, you know, with regards to the nervous system and, and I like how you touched on the high intensity, you know, it can actually add to your stress and obviously if yeah. you're coming straight from night shift and doing and going to the gym, that's possibly not maybe a, an ideal situation. But something like, um, you know, like that, the likes of Hathi yoga, which is quite restorative on the nervous system as opposed to that pounding on the half an hour for the treadmill would that be a good suggestion well to be honest i think either of them can be stressful on your body so it's a a matter of listening to your body Mm. you know if you are absolutely flaked out at the end of a shift and your body needs rest and recovery and sleep Mm. then that's what you need to do you need to rest and recover and sleep and and maybe that day is not a good day to exercise uh, by the same token if you have been having good rest and recovery and sleep and you get to the end of a long shift and and your body feels okay to go and do a workout then I think you can probably do either of those workouts at the end you know so so I think it's just a matter of managing your workload managing mm. your rest managing your sleep um, and making sure that you know it may not be every single day but over the course of the week that you're getting enough rest and you're getting enough recovery and you're eating good enough food that you're fueling your body um, so that you can do that. So, you know, I think it it really comes back to listening to your body. And and if you're pushing your body when your body really just needs to rest, then, then that's, you know, yeah, you can get away. The, the thing I guess to think about is if you're on, you know, if you do have alternating shifts, you, you can get away with that maybe once or twice, you know. But if you're having to do that every single day, then you're going to lead to burnout. But, you know, if it means that you do that one day and you know that the next day you're going to have a quieter day and you're going to be able to rest and recover and get some good sleep, then that's probably okay. You know, you can you can sort of work that into your routine and, and it's not going to burn you out. Um, but if you're, not, if you're trying to do that backing up every single day, um, then that's probably when you're going to get yourself into trouble. So, yeah, I think as a general rule, um, you know, some of those softer, slower state exercises can be good, um, particularly if you are feeling a bit burnt out. Um, but you know, I would say don't don't knock the benefits of doing some higher density, you know, shorter duration exercise. Can that because that can be great for your body as well, and it can be great for regenerating your body. Um, it can be really good for for helping out your adrenals. So long as you're you know doing the right things in between those workouts, and so long as you're making sure you're resting and recovering well in between. So you know that that might mean that you know I mean some guys in my CrossFit gym do it like six days a week. You know. <laughs> 
I don't know how they do it. I, I, I would probably not sure that I would ever do that, you know, whereas I go two or three times a week and that works well for me. You know, I find if I try and do it four or five times a week, I do feel like I'm getting a little bit adrenally fatigued, you know, because I've, I've got a busy life. There's a lot of other stuff going on in between. I'm not a shift worker, but I do do, you know, morning and afternoon shifts at work. I've got two small kids that I'm running around. I'm, you know, then trying to podcast, record and write in the evenings and do all those other things as well. So, you know, I, I probably have a lifestyle that's not that dissimilar to many of the shift workers in terms of that time commitment. Mm. And so, you know, I find if I try and do that four or five times a week, then I do start to feel a bit burnt out. Whereas if I do that two or three times a week, you know, if I'm feeling good some weeks, I do do it four times. Some weeks, if I'm feeling like I'm really feeling a bit burnt out, I might only do it once. Um, and then on the weekend, I might go and do a nice slow hike or a bike ride with the kids or something instead. Um, so, it's just about listening to your body. Um, but, but I think either of those can be useful. Mm. Yeah, you're, you definitely sound like you're more of an outdoorsy kind of guy as opposed to wanting to spend too much time inside the four walls of a gym, yeah? <laughs> I mean, that's the reason I go inside the four walls of the gym is so that I can do those fun outdoorsy things, really. Yeah. You know, it, it's so that I'm fit enough and strong enough and yeah. capable enough that if I want to do something fun on the weekend, I can yeah. go and do whatever I want. And if, you know, if a mate comes up to me and says, hey, we're going to go do whatever, you know, it might be a Tough Mudder challenge on the weekend. Hey, do you want to come along? I want to be able to go, yeah, sure. You know, a mate goes, hey, we're going to do this rock climbing. You know, I just want to be able to go, yep, cool, <laughs> let's do it, you know. And so, that, that's why I spend the time in the gym. You know, if, I, if I'm out, you know, as I was, I think, you know, I'm thinking of it, you know, kayaking with the family and we get caught in a bit of a riptide, which we did one time. We got caught in a current of this creek that was, you know, the tide was flowing in or out, I can't remember which. You know, I want to be able to power through and get my kids yeah. back to safety. <laughs> I want to be able to go and do those sort of adventures and know that if I do get myself in a bit of trouble, that I'm physically capable of getting myself out of that trouble. So, you know, that, that's one thing. It comes back to knowing your why. Like, why do you want to exercise? Why do you want to be fit? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, love it, love it, love it. You touched a little bit um, on on food just briefly then, Brett, but yeah. as I'm a little bit of a foodie, would do you like recommend any particular foods that, or have you got a secret smoothie recipe that you would, that you're happy to share? Um, well, I guess it's got, not going to be any uh, secret anymore, but because we're going to hear it on the podcast. But no, yeah, any okay. tips in that department? Well, you know, I'm probably, I don't know, I, I'm, I follow a paleo diet um, and I find that works really well for me. I find that great for giving me sustainable energy. Um, because it's got lots of really good quality fats, particularly, and, and good quality proteins in there, um, and lots of a really high nutrient density. And what I find with that is that really fills me up, mm. um, but it also gives me a really sustainable release of energy. So, you know, one of the traps that's really easy to fall into if you're doing something like shift work um, is that real roller coaster in terms of energy where you feel tired. So, you have, you know, lots of sugar and lots of coffee and lots of carbs to spike you back up again. But unfortunately, then, you know, you have the post carb, the post coffee, the post whatever whatever crash um, and you end up feeling even more tired than you did before so you got to you know and you just keep repeating that cycle over and over again which is incredibly taxing on your adrenals mm. um, and, and and really leads to more burnout and more adrenal fatigue even though in the short term it feels like you're doing the right thing because you're getting that energy back in the long term it's just burning you out more and more so i think for people to to follow a you know, a, a more a cleaner diet, you know, to avoid some of those sugars and processed foods, to avoid some of that caffeine. Um, I know that's kind of, you know, the shift workers will be yelling into yeah. their earpiece. <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah, throwing things at you but, right but, now. You know, yep. 
can if you can move away from that and yeah. rely less on that, mm. you, you will actually do better and you'll actually have more energy, even though it, you won't at first. <laughs> but mm. but but you know, going forward as your body acclimatizes that, you'll end up with actually more energy than you had before, um, and more sustainable energy than you had before. And there's research to show that. There's research to show that, for instance, people who regularly consume coffee, um, after a period of time, all you're doing when you have that coffee is getting back to quote unquote your normal state of energy you're not actually getting more energy you're just actually getting back to your normal state because you've started to become adrenally fatigued and and dipping below that level so it's uh you know it's something i'm not going to tell everyone to change that but it's something worth thinking about and worth considering uh but in terms of you know exercise food i'm probably the worst person to speak to because i don't really eat anything particularly pre-exercise or anything particularly post-exercise i'm not one to say you need to fuel up on carbs before exercise or you need to make sure you're getting enough protein after exercise i just eat real food day to day and i nourish my body and and when i feel hungry i eat and what i feel like eating i kind of eat and um and that works really well for me so for example this morning i did my crossfit workout at 9 30 in the morning um and i hadn't eaten before that because uh, I wasn't hungry. You know, I, I do eat a pretty paleo diet. It's a relatively low-carb diet. Um, I've mo- become more of a fat burner, so I don't crave food as much as I used to. And so, you know, if I don't feel like eating in the morning before going and exercising, I just don't eat. Um, mm. You know, it's now... 11:30 in the morning here and I've done a you know crossfit workout and to be honest I'm not particularly hungry so you know I just I just listen to my body once again I, I eat when I feel hungry um, you know probably my breakfast this morning just you know you said sort of recipes my breakfast this morning will probably just be scrambled eggs so that's you know bacon and eggs and capsicum and zucchini and maybe some mushrooms and um and pepper and salt and some herbs and that's pretty much it just into a nice big scrambled eggs and that'll you know that'll fill me up with lots of once again high quality fats and proteins and and fuel me probably through till dinner from here Mm -hmm. um i do sometimes do a smoothie before i go and work out uh once again you know i'm always thinking about i guess the one thing i do always think about when i put my meals together is making sure i've got some good quality fats some good quality protein and some good quality carbs in there and, and and trying to balance those out you know most of our food we have in our modern diets is way too high in carbs and sugars. Um, and that's particularly a trap for people who are doing shift work who are already, as I said, feeling adrenally fatigued because um, it just really risks you going into that roller coaster of spikes and crashes in energy and, and making it worse for yourself. So, you know, I make sure when I do a smoothie, there, there might be some coconut oil in there. There might be some coconut cream in there. There might be some avocado in there. There's definitely some nuts in there. Um, you know, there may be some eggs in there. You know, I, I make sure I'm getting some good quality fats and proteins into that smoothie, some spinach, um, so that I'm balancing out, you know, the carbs that I do put in there, whether that's dates or honey or maple syrup or, you know, whatever extra goes into there, um, to make sure that I'm, I'm not just giving myself an instant spike, but I'm actually giving myself a sustainable flow of energy throughout the day. Mm bit more of a flat line approach as opposed to (laughs) yeah yeah. it's it's really important for particularly for people doing stuff like shift work Mm. because that's really easy to get into that roller coaster and and it's you know it can be challenging to get out of once you're in that roller coaster absolutely yeah absolutely well that's great um look before we wrap up the podcast uh, brett one of the things that i always like to ask my guests is you know what their favorite holiday destination is and why (laughs) but i know that you're actually about to take a group of people on a trek up through um, Papua New Guinea, I believe, you know, yeah. later in the year. Would you mind sharing with us 
what your Kokoda elevation is all about? I mean, to be honest, it sounds really tough. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's designed to be a challenge. So, uh, to be honest, it's something I've wanted to do for ages. I do love a challenge. You know, I've, I've done over various times, I've done, you know, Tough Mother. I've done um, ultra marathons. I've done, you know, skydiving. I, I like to push myself and push my boundaries and, and take on a challenge like this because I know the amount of personal growth that I get out of doing something like that. Um, and also, I know the amount of motivation I get out of knowing I've got a challenge like that ahead of myself. So, you know, between now and June, um, I know that I need to be fit enough to do the Kokoda Trail in seven days, which is, you know, which is a reasonably short period of time for doing a trek like that. So, um, and, and I am going to choose, you know, that you have the choice of having a porter to carry your bags for you or carrying your bags yourself. And, and I'm going to choose to carry my bags myself because I, I like the challenge of doing that. Um, so the whole purpose of our Kokoda Elevation is to do that for people, is to help them, A, have something to goal towards that, that can really give them a give them a great why for their fitness and their movement. You know, it's, it's a great uh, motivation to be able to do something like that, to go mm. out and explore the world and to see an amazing part of the world and, and a really historic part of the world. Um, you know, this year is going to be the, yeah. This year is going to be the 75th anniversary of the Kokoda um, Trail of, of in World War Two. Um, so it's a great time to be doing that historically as well. Um, but yeah, the whole the whole purpose of the trip is to help take people out of their comfort zones, is to give people a challenge. Um, we're going to help people with that. With uh, you know, we're going to do webinars before and after the event. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to do one-on-one personal coaching with people before and after the event to help frame that challenge for them and to help show them, you know, I guess how that mirrors life um, and how that can be used as a metaphor for the rest of their life and and you know the growth they can get out of that and the personal development they can get out of that um, to absolutely make sure that it's it's not just a you know it's not just a holiday it's not just an adventure or a challenge it, it is actually an elevation of people their personal lives themselves um, to take their whole life to another level um, and and the idea being and certainly my experience with doing challenges like this is that it it reflects in every other aspect of your life you know it, it's not just about your fitness it, it's about your mental health mm. it's about how it flows on into your relationships into your business into your career into every other aspect of your life because it's a bit like a muscle sometimes, you know, you're building up that physical and mental capability. Um, you know, you're teaching yourself resilience, you're, you're learning skills to overcome obstacles, to overcome challenges um, that really will flow into every other aspect of your life. So, that's why we called it Kokoda Elevation because it's really about elevating every aspect of your life um, and, and that's certainly our goal for people and what we know people are going to achieve who come on that trip with us. Mm, wow, that's um, yeah, it sounds amazing. It's in June. What what are the dates, um, Brett? Just for our listeners. Do you know what? I'm I'm actually just looking up the exact date oh, now, okay. so I can give you the wrong ones. <laughs> no worries. But it is June. I, I'm gonna. I want to say the fifteenth to the twenty fourth. Yeah, I think I've got that right. Just the gives, our, gives our listeners a bit of time to uh, check the uh, the holiday to um, if there's I any know, listeners right? in that, that that are able to do yeah. to lock in their so holiday it, slots and so forth. It, mm. it is the fifteenth to twenty fourth of June. So um, yeah, the website is drbretthill.com forward slash Kokoda dash elevation, and they can find all the details. Or they just head to my Facebook page and they'll find all the details for it there. Um, you know, we're only taking a, a very limited sp- number of people. It's, it's a, quite a small trip because mm. of the nature of the trip. Um, and because of the nature of the challenge, we want to make sure that you know we're really looking after people and getting really quality one-on-one time with people. So if they're interested in that, you know, make sure they sign up soon because it's um, yeah, it's going to be really limited spots and we expect they to fill up pretty quick. It sounds like it'd be the perfect way to do the the trek. To be honest, Brett, because you know you you have those 
you know, someone with you and the right people with you to sort of help encourage you through it, um, yeah, you know, exactly. so because it's, yeah, it, it's definitely. And, and prepare for it, you know. Yeah. I mean, as I said, not just mentally but also physically, yeah. I'm going to sit down with each of the attendees and I'm going to create a personalised exercise plan for them so that they, I know that they're absolutely prepared um, to, you know, to as I said before, you know, I don't want people to fail. You know, I want to make sure I'm setting everyone up for success because I know that succeeding at a challenge like that, not just physically, but mentally is a huge boon for people in Mm. terms of what that does for their life. So, I will sit down with everyone. I will personally put together an exercise plan to make sure that they succeed um, and to make sure that they get what we've promised out of this elevation. Mm, sounds brilliant. Yeah, it sounds absolutely fantastic. Well, it's so much fun. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? I said it's going to be so much fun. I've yeah. wanted to do it for ages. I can't wait. Oh, is it? So it's a bit of a, a, a long-term goal for you. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, definitely. Yeah, well, it's, it's, yeah, it certainly sounds like, and I'm sure there's probably a couple of our listeners that um, that'd be a bit intrigued and, and certainly want to lo- learn more about it. So how do people, um, you know, find you? You did mention that one link there, which I'll make sure that I'll include in the, the show notes, Brett. But is there other, you know, website? You mentioned a Facebook page and so forth. How else can get people get hold of you? Yeah, so I mean, my website's the best spot, which is drbretthill.com. They can find all the details really for everything there. Yeah. Um, otherwise, if they want to find the podcast, obviously they head to the Wellness Couch, which is mm-hmm. thewellnesscouch.com. Um, on Facebook, they can find my Facebook page, which is just Dr. Brett Hill. Um, and on Instagram, uh, they'll find it uh, Dr. Brett Hill, DR Brett Hill, all one word. Um, and they can see all my pretty pictures there as well. <laughs> Great, excellent. And obviously, you have a chiropractic practice in, and you're based down do. in Adelaide. So. Chiropractic practice based in Adelaide, which is Greenhill Family Chiropractic. Um, and uh, yeah, in the eastern suburbs of Adelaide, they can find me there too. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, I'll make sure I include all of those links in the show co- uh, show notes. And look, thanks so much for joining me um, today, Brett. I've learned heaps just, um, you know, from talking to you. It's certainly been great to get your insights on exercise and, and how we can integrate it more into our life, um, you know, even when we're feeling totally exhausted. Yeah. Thanks, Audra. <laughs> well, that's it for another edition of the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback, and there are many ways you can do this via my Facebook page, The Healthy Shift Worker, through my website, healthyshiftworker.com, or you can visit The Wellness Couch at thewellnesscouch.com and leave a comment there. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to share it with other shift workers who you think may benefit. And if you're listening through your laptop, you can pop over to iTunes and leave us a five star rating, which will help me to spread the Healthy Shift Worker message to shift workers and organizations all around the world. If you'd like access to more free resources, including my newsletter, just visit my website, healthyshiftworker.com and enter your name and email address. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Until next time, may you continue to be as healthy as you possibly can be, despite working 24-7. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.